The official BFF.FM app is now available to download. Stream our live feed, catch up on your favorite DJ's past shows, explore new sounds by genre, or put on a podcast for your daily whatever. Grab it today in the App Store or on Google Play. Papa, who's Buckethead? Buckethead's this guy that was raised by chickens in a chicken coop. And without the bucket on his head, he's helpless. Really? Oh my god.
Hello, everybody. We are uh, live. Kenard, say something. Hello. Oh, I can hear you just fine. Welcome to Talking Noise at Noon. Even though. <laughs> I can do this. Is this better or worse? I think this is fine. I can hear you. Okay. We have a very special guest today with a no bias release. And with someone with the exact same name, do they look like you? Do you know if they look like no, you? No, she doesn't look like me. She's a 16-year-old girl. She has, like, dark curly hair. She is also white and Persian, but we don't look similar. We have the real housewife of Alameda, yes. a.k.a. Techno Terrene, oh, a.k.a. Yeah. Tomine. <laughs> Say hi, Terrene. Hi. What's up? I do. It's <laughs> yeah, I've been working on it forever and finally like got my friends to help me like release it. I like sent sorry, I'm like distracted with the music playing in the background. You wanna turn it down a little bit? Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm like really bad ADHD. Oh perfect. Uh, <laughs> here, here I'm sorry, I'm such a dork. I'm like the type of person where like if I'm talking to someone and the TV is on, or if like I'm on the phone and the TV is on, it's just like talking to a brick wall. Cause I'm like, oh, what's happening on King of the Hill? I'm not listening to this person talk. Um, but there we go. Yeah. So I basically started writing it like um, I want to say like maybe like a year ago, and like. Um, sorry, I'm like... Is it still hell loud? Yeah, it's kind of the same. <laughs> Got you. Well, I thought you recognized I was a young lean song, like, immediately. Oh, yeah, no, I recognize... Suicide Year is one of I my I love favorites. Suicide Year. Suicide Year is fucking great. Period. Okay, that's way better. Thank you so much. We got you. Okay, sorry. <laughs> so, I've been writing this for, like, a pretty long time. Um, the two songs that I didn't do with Daria, those are pretty recent, but the one that I did with Daria, I wrote, like, I want to say in 2021, and I, like, sent it to her, and, like, one day we were just, like, hanging out, and we, like, worked on it together, and, yeah, it was, like, super fun, um, I Did think you use any hardware? No, not for any of it. Maybe, like, there was, like, maybe, like, a little keyboard involved in one of them. But um, other than that, it's all mostly just in Ableton. Okay, so yeah. what version of Ableton do you use? Because also, I you have I two have other a, Ableton users in the house. I think I have 11. I have the newer one um, because my friend Viri uh, hooked it up. Shouts out to Viri. I would never have been able to make any music without her. Um, but yeah, like, I think I wrote the other two songs pretty much last spring. And finally, like, after a lot of just, like, dragging my feet, I was like, Daria, master these songs for me, please. Like, help me mix and master these so I can put them out. And I emailed Tall, and I was like, um yeah like check these out like let me know if it feels like a good fit um and they were like yeah i'm super down like let's put it out so all my friends helped me and now i have music out 
Are you ready to listen to what is the title of your project? Um, it's called KMS Juice. Oh, we should insert trigger warning here. Oh um, yeah, go for it. The second half of our. Oh my gosh, he said interviews. Uh, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Might have some mention of uh, discourse around unaliving oneself. I love the TikTok terminology. <laughs> I hate that I used it. No, but, but it's like culturally pertinent. Uh, like people are gonna like you know like that's in the lexicon now. I know. Um, Say lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Terry has a fedora on. No, my fedora fell off. Well, my swag and my class is gone. They, they have a a proverbial fedora oh, on. Thank you. Oh Put God, it on it's back on. <laughs> yeah. It's like bouncing sideways on the headphones. Well, the T is yeah. I mean, with the title being a sardonic it innuendo. Sardonic. Thank you. Wow, damn. Maybe no, I should true. go in, maybe I should go into writing a music crit because we there we you were should. talking about this. Um yeah, I mean there's also discourse around that kind of stuff in the scene mm-hmm. and just I mean sometimes DJing and the scene alone can uh cause some ideation. But we'll talk about that mm-hmm. later. We're going yeah. to listen to KMS Juice right now. Write the song now. Thanks.
friends are doing it. All your 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 friends are doing it. Best frequencies forever.
song that I liked, my brain was like, Absolutely not. <laughs> we must talk about Young Lean. Young Lean. We're here to talk about Young Lean today. Uh, I mean, man, we oh, my DJ career wouldn't exist without Young Lean. Really? That's interesting. We'll talk about that later. We just listened to KMS Juice, released on No Bias, January 23rd, 2023? I think so. Damn, I'm close. 25th. Wow. Super close. And we have Techno Terrene in the building. Hello. I'm here. Okay, I have questions, and I am about to ask production questions. Yes. Please. How the fuck is Ableton 11? Um, I don't know. Is it crazy? I don't know when it came out. I just started using it in 2020. 2020 is when I learned to write music. And I actually... Oh, Jesus. I actually learned to write music before I learned to DJ. Okay, interesting. Yeah, and it's like uh, I've been DJing, I think, since 2021. And, like, have just had music. I've been sitting on this whole time. And I have even more music I want to put out. But it takes me... A really long time i think to like get through the whole process that's actually interesting what compelled you to start writing music um i have been listening to techno since i was little little like three years old because of my dad and i started listening to more techno i think like the kind of techno i play i think like around 2018 or something because honestly I think one of my friends like started making me go to raves again because I used to rave when I was like 15 in the Bay Area and then when I was like 18 and then in like 2017 or 2018 my friend like I was like going through a rough time and she was like come to the party and I like went with her and I was like this is sick raving is sick techno sick I have a question. Mm-hmm. Did you start at like, what is it? Like, you know, like promoter mm-hmm. dominant, like mainstream raves or did you, were you always no. in the underground? Oh, so, okay. Interesting question. When I was like around 15, I think I could have swerved more into the EDM realm. I remember I went to ID Fest at Shoreline and that was like, Cascade. I saw like Steve Aoki. Um, Back when Avicii was good. Yeah, and then when Back I was when like Benny Benassi fucked. Oh my god, yeah. I I don't remember if I ever saw Benny Benassi, but I saw like Dead Mouse one time. You saw Dead Ma Five. <laughs> I saw Dead Mouse. I met Dead Mouse. Dead Ma Five. <laughs> I did. It oh was weird god. as hell. We need to hear. It was in Bill. I was at the Bill Graham. And funny story, um, my, my, like, family used to have, like, this other little girl from Iran, like, stay with them. I don't, this is just gonna sound weird. It's, like, a family friend. She ended up doing booking for Insomniac, um, and, like, my dad, like, knew I was gonna go see Dead Mouse one time and was, like, oh, like, I told uh her name i think is zarnaz like i told zarnaz you're going like you can like go meet dead mouse and i was like okay and like did it because i felt like oh i have to because it's being offered but it was fucking weird i was like okay i'm like 
god i must have been like 17 or some shit and i was like with my friend and like we were backstage and he's just like this little dude with like these neck tattoos and he's just like he seemed like a normal dude he's like hi like whoever was there like introduced us and like we were like backstage for like a little bit and then we were like let's leave and so we like left and then we were like right by the stage while Fatboy Slim was playing and I was like holy shit Fatboy Slim because like Fatboy Slim is fucking sick uh, and then some like stagehand like saw me and my friend were like what are you fucking teenagers doing you're not supposed to be back here and like almost kicked us out of the venue um that's yeah. fucking wild. Yeah, random random techno experience. The names are now sound so familiar. My Nepo baby moment. No, she is like way older than us. She is actually probably in a realm of techno that I do not care for. Like the epitome of business techno, I don't know. You know who I'm I'm thinking of somebody that like was promoting for like some really like dark stuff circa 20 dark. circa 2016 2017 no shout out to Zarnaz though I shouldn't say I don't care for that realm I appreciate that experience I had I feel that I think yeah the person who I'm thinking about left a lot of mysterious hairs in my toilet oh my god but was a promoter for like some crazy hard clown core shit clown core yeah it was like it was fucked up man the bay area done been through some scenes I it tell has but actually we'll talk more about that after like in the later yeah. part of the combo because i think that also ties into like my uh my day still being questions about your project the mm. conceptual aspect of it true so, what made you decide to start DJing after you started making music? Because I wanted to do it. And, oh, guess what? Okay, listen. <laughs> okay, talk about it. You um, did not feel peer so, pressure. So, in, like, 2018, I was working at this place called Nito, And that's actually why I started going back to raves. Because, okay, so I had, like, you know, my, like, EDM, blah, blah, blah experience when I was, like, a teenager. And then, like, when I was around 19, 20... I would go to more underground shit. Um, I did go to Womp. I did, I, I went to EPR, but I think also that was when I was a teenager. Just kidding. But also, I started going to some like underground shit here and there when I was like 18 because I had, I was like, um, I was like going to like Oakland parties. Like, I can't like name any of them or like remember any of the locations, but I was like, into certain shit yeah i forget like even like how i found out where these parties were and like who i was with but like oh it was like when the rec center was a thing Mm. in oakland yes okay that's kind of like there were parties like raves in like chinatown and stuff like yes all the times that i didn't go out yeah so i was doing that for a little bit and then i was working at this place called nito and I made friends with this person, Chloe, and Chloe's who, like, made me go to raves, and it was, like, me, Chloe, and John, um, I miss Chloe and John so much, they both live other places now, um, but John had this, like, dumb little Newmark party mixer 
that like literally like lights came out of. Oh, like God. it was like a fucking like I don't even remember if there was it was like basically a crossfader and like two whatever like decks. and yeah and like I was just like going crazy like with the sync button like on like like all these like gabber songs like just literally like throwing weird shit together and like that's like like the first time I like tried to DJ and then was not doing that for like years until like after I started dating Jaria um and I forget John had left John had gotten a better controller and like left it with me and I like had attempted to like use it like Daria was like I think it was like me and Katrina oh shit yeah and Daria was like I'm gonna teach you guys how to DJ or whatever I forget how we like started wanting to I think maybe I wanted to because I had like written music and I'm like I wanna play it I don't know Oh, I don't know. Sick. We were trying to learn, and I was so fucking bad at it. And I was like, dude, I sound like pots and pans. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I was like, I need. I could not imagine myself like learning how to properly do it. I still kind of sound like pots and pans, but I've with a little a more style. I've heard a Terrence set. Actually, that is so not true. In a good way now. <laughs> good I... pots and pans. It sounds like hex clad. Oh, sick. Okay. We've graduated from Cathalon to Hex Club. But it's funny because I feel like the first time I ever heard you spin was at Bert's Open Decks. Oh, really? That's so funny. Yeah. I forget like, what I was playing. You were just playing fucking hard tech. I was as fucking the, the down. vibe up. I would came in. I was like, fuck this chill shit. You guys are about to get tired and want to go home. It was literally 8 p.m. Yeah. in the park and they were like, yeah that's like and then i was like standing there because i was like i do not like hardcore techno yeah like it was not the style of techno that i listened to yeah or that i had had a heavy critique of because i was like why does it sound like the same song because of the same kick but i was yeah. like you're the first person that made it not sound like the same oh, song so for cool. an hour and i was like i do not have a migraine First time I saw you was in a warehouse in Richmond, and I was what? like, "Who's this? Who's this bitch playing all this scary shit?" And then I added you on Instagram. And I then love I think to be we scary. We are Instagram friends. Yeah. No. We are now Instagram friends. By Kenny the way. is my friend. He is my friend. Oh. Oh, from so Kenny, is Lonnie. Kenny from- yes. Kenny and friend. Kennard and friend. Adam is my brother-in-law. That's crazy. So true. So true, bro. He's in the building. <laughs> is your brother-in-law in the room with us? <laughs> real yes. or brother-in-law? For real. <laughs> I made a new friend. Um, I think it's interesting that you weren't like peer pressured into DJing. You were just like, actually, I'm gonna do this. To. I think it's a natural extension of liking the the genre that I like because there's only so much like you can do like yeah like hard techno is monotonous and it is like really repetitive and like derivative but like i don't know if you search like you end up finding like the variation you want and like the drama you want and i think for me like listening to a bunch of like old mixes on soundcloud like DJ promo, um, God, 
really cool. What's like another one? I don't know. Like a lot of Thunderdome stuff. Like a lot of Bonsai Records. Like you said Thunderdome, and I actually yeah. had a fucking flashback. Yeah. Because Chippy Nonstop had talked about Thunderdome once. Oh my god, Chippy Nonstop is sick. I saw her live. She's actually she, the reason I do the a, edits. She is a good DJ. I saw her fucking taste. do the Doja Cat edit live. Dad. At F8. And I then used I to was be like, what the fuck? Very briefly, like secret lore, very briefly, in like a line chat with Chippy nonstop. Oh. She probably doesn't even remember, but I was like in this chat room, not a chat room, but this chat with like hella random people. Like, do you know who, who Friendzone is? Yes. So Chu from Friendzone was in there. Um just i'm trying to think of like random people who are in there who knew me was this in the era when she was still doing like lost in thoughts with krayshawn yeah i mean that's yeah i was in a chat with her because i was in a chat with natasha exactly yeah i was about to say i know it's funny because that chat also was brought up on a chippy interview you're kidding me (laughs) i'm not joking no what did she say (laughs) she was just talking about how she's always liked music and she was also explaining like her story of how she like made it to the U.S. got kicked out of the U.S. Oh my god, that I sort of thing. And it's also kind of sick because she was just like, yeah, She's sick, I was doing like she was in fashion school or something, and then she ended up just like stopping school, but was getting like booked to do styling gigs and other gigs, and yeah. then started DJing was like kind of finessing it, and then got caught. But that's some cool techno She's history. Dread. Wow, the one degree separation that always happens to people that come on TNN. I know. Is this our thing? Is this our vibe? <laughs> um, okay. I will say another thing that I noticed, because when you played Please. Uh-huh. Was that? Oh, okay, okay. That was Santa Please, right? Not Santa Please. The first Please, that where what? it was just Dark Wave. Where the hell? Oh, when I played Halloween music. Oh, wait, it was before that, I think. Shoot. It was another time at the knockout when you played for Strapshield Selection. Oh, sick. Okay. You were playing the type of techno that I was like, if people really want to go back to like the dystopian envisionment of the turn of the millennium, like that was the shit that I was hearing when I was in the club with my mom as a kid. Damn, you're in the club with your mom? That's so sick. Similar to how you were like, oh yeah, I was listening to techno since I was three. Like my mom yeah. dated a jungle DJ and then we were always at what? her like boyfriend and his friend's houses. So like records always passed around. So it's like, very sick. there were always turntables in people's houses for like, from like the age of six to right before I turned eight. And like, there's Body always electronic music around. Hell yeah, dude. But I remember, I don't remember who I was talking to specifically, but I turned and I was like, if more people played music like this at raves, I would be more inclined to actually rave. Right? Like the full on. Because it was cinematic. I was like, this is some like, yes. this is some real, I'm sitting here having a neurodivergent like synesthesia experience cinematic is a good word i do like drama in techno i don't like 
a ton of cheese unless it's old school cheese. Like I like old school Thunderdome cheese where it's like the silly Dutch vocal samples, like <laughs> all that stuff. But like I don't like when it verges on like an EDM synth and like just like excessive buildups and I'm like, oh, this is cheap and I don't like it. But like I like cinematic. I like a degree of like moodiness and like heaviness. Well, I feel like this is a good prelude to us playing your inspo tracks. Do you yeah. want to talk about the like direct inspo? Of- so, yes, I do because I get excited about this. So some of the oh no, I was snapping because oh, that was like a poetry. Snap. I'm like, oh, did I do something wrong? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So like, okay, so the track me and Daria did, which is the second track on my EP, which is also the first track we just played when we played my EP, um, is Undros. Um, like, or the sample, <laughs> it's Undros. The sample is from an Undros song. And I chose it like initially because there's like kind of a drum break in this underworld song and I was like oh I want to sample this and I tried to sample the break and I was like mm, this sounds dumb like I could find a better sounding break that's like for a techno song but then I had that really cool like uh vocal sample the drowning in my sleep mm-hmm. sample like those like chorus vocals I don't know what you would it's call been it. haunting me for the last three days yeah and I was like I'm gonna sample this and then wrote a song with it in there and then, like, you know, brought it to Daria, and like we, like she added some sense, and she added like some, like, uh, gosh, what else did she add? I feel like, 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 I want to describe the sound she added. I don't know what to call it, but like some of like the hi hat type of stuff, and then I think I did like the kick and the bass, and like, uh, some of the cymbals, like. We we kind of went back and forth a lot on that one. I, I truly feel like it's a nice s- symmetrical collaboration between us. I love it for that. Um, but yeah, like sampled it under a song. And then the one called God is Love is sampling um, Tati Westbrook's apology video on YouTube called Breaking My Silence. I forget what the hell it's even about. I'm going to put it in the show notes link. Don't y'all worry. Do it. It's like her talking about James Charles or something. Sugar bear hair care. And I just, I think like, um, I just needed a cool sample for a song I already had written. And I just like took a part where she's saying God is love and just put a bunch of weird stuff on it. I was like, this is sick. This is like cool techno. And then the other sample is um, No Cars Go by Arcade Fire, but it's a Maxent Seren cover um, of No Cars Go. And so it's just piano and it's just a beautiful piano song. So the songs, yeah, my inspiration songs that I brought for this show are like the songs that I sampled and then um also like drexia and i think we also had an underground resistance song in there i don't know if we're playing that we sure are oh sick cool um because when i in like 2008 when i was mixing with that dumb little party mixer like that's what i was playing it was like drexia underground resistance like that type of shit but then also like neophyte and like dj isaac like 
hard gabber shit. Like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. I was just like, I like this song and I like this song. Um, but I also back then liked Night Flight, which is another artist that I brought. Um, and like, she, yeah, it was like a current artist making electro that like I've liked for like years and years now. Like, I don't really know what the genre of the song that I brought by her would be considered. It's just like breaks or something. I don't know, but she's sick. I love Nightlight. She's like an Australian producer. But yeah, I think that's what I have to say about my inspiration. Ooh, we'll get into the concept stuff next, and then I'm going to trigger warning again. Yeah. It's gonna get kind of deep if y'all are not fucking with talks of death and ideation. Yeah. Skip the second hour. We love you. Or actually, skip after this music break, but yeah, skip the second hour. Um, Period.
want to be your BFF. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. BFF.FM, best frequencies Streaming with my besties. <laughs>
powers of such frailty and beauty.
Knuckles have turned to white There's no turning back tonight Kiss me one last time for the San Francisco music scene. BFF.FM, best frequencies forever. My bad. Hello? Testing? Can you hear me? Didn't I do it for you? What for you? Kirby! Kirby! <laughs> we should do an FK Twigs episode because I love her. Um, okay. I mean, humor, sardonic, death of a ladies' man. Um, we are, we're about to talk. We're about to talk some real talk. We're about to get real here on The View. Okay, at first I was actually really nervous because I was like, okay, I don't want to come off as, like, a dickhead. I mean, that's not possible. You're not a dickhead, so. Hang Our out with friends me and enough. loved ones will understand. 
That is very affirming. I really enjoy the music that you made. Thank you. I also really... I had questions because the moment I saw the title, I was oh, like, God. I'm being haunted. Oh, um, yeah. And I was just like... Daria doesn't like it. I, I have a similar sentiment in terms yeah. of like the ability mm-hmm. for it to be misread yeah. in the day and age of TikTokers. Yeah, totally. And also just in like in tandem with the way the Bay Area scene is and like it just being so close to so many like death anniversaries around suicide I was just like taken aback and as a person with a history of uh ideation and like attempt oh yeah I was just like fuck but I also do hold a soft spot that's not a sore spot about it because I'm like we do make jokes about things like I've I think about sometimes it's like okay I say the n-word hard r like I literally shout that shit all the time oh yeah I mean I'm oh trigger warning or not trigger warning oh fun fact if y'all didn't know TNN is a show run by two black people yeah I am um I am black as the fuck I'm in the studio I can confirm at the very beginning of the episode, before we went on the air, Lonnie looked at me in the eyes and called me the N-word with the heart on. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, did I? No. Oh, I was like, because that is on brand. <laughs> no. And then you were like, all right, let's start this. Actually, this is... Um, <laughs> Sorry? I was not present. I actually <laughs> believed it because <laughs> I... Why did I believe this? Because it, this is uh, on brand for me. My I was at Trader Joe's and a lady bumped me with the cart and said, uh-huh. hey, could you move? And I said, well, just call me <gasps> expletive already. And then I walked away with That's my groceries. That's sick. <laughs> but that is Yo, you're me. punk for that, dude. <laughs> you're a punk rocker. <laughs> but I did want to ask, like, conceptually... Was yeah. it a sardonic dystopian approach? How um, did you move forward? So when I was writing um, the songs that I didn't write with Daria, I was not doing good. I was like, my life is falling apart. I'm going through a breakup. I fucking hate everything. Um, and I was like literally forcing myself. To, like I would like talk to my mom about how I was doing. I love my mommy. I tell her everything. I'm very lucky I have a support system. Um, and I'd be like, I forced myself to open the laptop today and open up Ableton. And I like, you know, and like sometimes you can't do that. And sometimes like doing things are is like painful. You're like, I just want to lie the fuck down and stare at a fucking wall. And like, I've definitely been there. I think the name comes from like a little bit of um like being flippant and being relieved and like um you know like life gets fucking awful sometimes and sometimes you don't want to be around anymore and like it definitely like i'm gonna say like suicide is you know something like i i'll just be real like whatever i'm not you know shy about it i i i had an attempt when i was like 14 And I feel kind of lucky in the way that surviving that kind of inspired me to um, just kind of keep 
keep it pushing i think like it was a fucking close call too like it was bad i was like in the hospital for a couple days or like a week um and yeah when i was 14 it was like i was just like fucking miserable and then i think in 2000 god was it like 2019 i had like a bummer bummer style period and i think like the name is just kind of like celebratory of like kicking it and like hanging in there um which like not all of our loved ones have done like i've lost people to suicide and i don't know how they feel now like i don't know where they are or if they regret it or not or if like they felt any relief like i we don't get to know that and like what i do know is i miss them and like you know like i'm gonna put effort and like you know i'm gonna enjoy things in their honor and like i'm not ever gonna like blame anyone for like okay here's like something really smart somebody said to me so there's like this saying that goes around where it's like suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem oh yeah and like my friend was like anyone who says that doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about because it's true like life is really fucking hard all the time and like you're you're gonna feel that way a lot and i think yeah yeah it wasn't it was kind of i'm kind of also just like a shitty edgelord in a lot of ways where like i make jokes about things that bother me um because have you listened to the show previously what oh no i haven't but yeah sounds like maybe that's like a thing (laughs) you guys do yes Um, which is also why i was like i have to ask yeah it's totally that way like and i don't want to ever make light of like um people killing themselves but i also do because that's how we deal with birth and death and like life milestones is like you kind of like we're always thinking about how life is so yeah, fleeting until totally. we're like looking at death or and also i think like like life is like so fucking shitty right now like i'm definitely guilty of like being a person who like thinks it's okay to like oh like something super inconvenient happens or like like a mild inconvenience happens to me and i'm like i'm gonna fucking kill myself like and like i i'm guilty of that and i've had like friends be like don't say that like stop um but it's like i i know what my struggle is day to day and like what i've been through and like i've you know been with people on their walks through that and i don't know i think it's just kind of personal and i think my ultimate sentiment is like if you don't get it and you don't like it like i totally understand but also fuck it like I have to do me because I'm still here and like I get to make these jokes and I want to make light of like the worst parts of life to a degree that makes sense with respect and like love for my friends who have like been there I mean like we are all here together and some of us aren't here I definitely had a thought about it because at first I was just like I know the way my tone always comes off when I'm concerned is like, I'm like, I'm angry. But I was like, yeah. no, it was genuine concern because I was like, is it just me? Yeah. Or like, is everyone because my biggest fear was like, is everyone hopping on a bandwagon 
or do we really all feel this way? And I couldn't we, figure out. I think out, we do. I couldn't figure out how to articulate that when I first was like, what the fuck? But I was telling Kenny, I was like, you know, it's not that I'm like mad. I'm just like, this is not okay. Like, our nigga's good, bro. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? No, like, we're fucking going through it. I'm going through it. I've been through a bunch of shit recently that I like. Same. That, like, you know, I'm not going to expand on here because. You, you are not like, obligated. N- not to. a long enough podcast. But, like, I like. I'm proud of myself for hanging in there. I actually have a very beautiful life right now. But I also. It was the best of times. It was the it worst totally of times. It totally is the I best be- of times and the worst of times. Like, I. For every awful fucking thing I've seen, I've seen five beautiful things. And I think, like. You know, I don't blame anybody who gives up, but I also want to employ them not to because, you know, you never know what, like, wonderful thing will happen to you or what horrible thing will happen to you. And, like, that's also a life experience. So keep at it, yo. I really appreciate you being really candid and honest about that because it was like... I also feel like how grating the scene can be. And we're Mm -hmm. both people who make jokes like, because we made jokes about this at parties. It's like, you know, the yeah. scene is what it is, the state of it. And I guess the thing is, is while you're being very authentic about it, and, like, this is coming, obviously, now knowing from a place of catharsis, and you can even hear yeah. it in the music. Totally. Like, totally it is. Like, I was, like, doing fucking bad when I wrote, like, a lot of this shit. Um, but I also think about how, like, there are people who have joined on like this wave in a way where it starts to feel like have you seen the party monster yeah wait is that the one with fucking michael um, alleg macaulay culkin oh no 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 i'm talking about the actual <laughs> documentary i'm oh, not no, talking I about the dramatized version i was no. talking about the real do- yeah the no. real party monster no the real party real. monster documentary is on youtube i'll link it in the show notes and i'll send it to you directly um have someone close by after watching it. Oh, jeez. What's up? Yeah, ask me a question. Wait, but can I, can I finish yeah, this? Yeah. Wow, thank you. But I will say, like, sometimes the Bay Area scene, scene feels very grating yeah. in that way where, like, people have literally found a way to make the pain feel even more shrill while simultaneously just being critical when I know damn well like it's like you're talking all this shit on the internet but I've seen you in real life and I see how you move and like don't be fucking acting like a bitch like you know what I mean I'm so fucking oblivious to shit talking (laughs) like I literally like there could be people who fucking hate me I'll be like hey what's up and like I just have no clue like well I guess it's not because it's like for me it's not the like direct shit talking because i would have a lot more respect for people that talk direct shit because we do it all the time but like run that fade like if i got heat for you i'm gonna treat you like i got heat for you (laughs) i'm not gonna be nice and i I might be nice because i'm scared you feel me but you're saying it out loud see here we are i'm not gonna waste my time getting in a fight i'm gonna i'm gonna let lonnie get in a fight because because I will do it because they will do it for real and they will do a good job and I will do a bad job I think the thing for me was just like I get really upset 
when we have so much access to each other uh-huh and then there's like internet discourse that is so passive aggressive oh and i God, was just right? like okay this is something once again someone's expressing themselves and this is anybody that makes any sort of art form that is deemed as edgy because i think about yeah. this when i do my own shit or even when i like talk on the radio and i'm like fuck niggas da, 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 da. like when i like have my fucked up sardonic sense of humor yeah because listen life be lifing yeah and while i am very elusive about the heavy shit that goes on in my life it is very hard to get up every day and when totally. i threaten retirement from djing usually that's kind of my like dj warning symbol like oh she's not good <laughs> <laughs> yeah that window might be open be careful yeah um Crazy but feeling. that was the thing too it's like sometimes the scene makes me feel like i don't want to do this anymore and in a life mm -hmm. sense and i'm like this should not be that serious and it's not because of the craft it's usually because of the people yeah there's so much silly so or I'm just like, bro, that like you can talk to each other. Like, I don't know. I forced myself to confront someone, and I think, like, last year, because huh. there was, like, some shit going down, and, like, I was, like, noticed myself not talking to this person and, like, just fucking avoiding them and, like, you know, expecting them to deduce that something was wrong. And I was like, mm, you know... This is unpleasant and like probably bringing it up would be even more unfucking pleasant and it was kind of unpleasant but I was like you know I thought about it as like an exercise as, as like forcing myself to do something uncomfortable and I like confronted them in person and it ended up like you get I think like a more realistic angle from people when you do that or like you people People are less brave in person, but like more willing to hear you or compromise or whatever. I don't know. It's a double-edged sword because you can get like a placated version. Oh yeah, of course. Like, I don't know. It's but, hard, and it's also hard. But you yeah, know like what you're saying standing. about like people have so much access to each other, and yet they just like talk shit online. It's like, come on, talk shit, IRL. Because for real, I think it's a lot more fun when like. Even if we're using humor, to some degree, you can tell when it's, like, laughing but serious. Yeah. And I, my whole thing with my, this concept is, like, anybody who, okay, like, I don't know of anybody taking it this way, but, like, if, like, anyone, like, saw me do this and was, like, oh, like, fuck Tyranny, like, who the fuck do they think they are making this joke? I would just be, like, dude, fuck you, like you've no fucking clue like i i'm at a point in my life where like i'm proud of myself for like being alive and like <laughs> i don't know i think the people who know me and are around me know that like i will tirelessly work to support my friends and like any fucking buddy who needs support from me emotionally like i'm very affirmed in like who i am and how i treat others um so I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't, I wasn't that worried about it. I'm also like, a, I'm so oblivious. Like <laughs> if anybody had a problem with it, I wouldn't fucking know. I would just be like, I did this. And like, 
everybody likes it. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that is a very freeing way to approach your art. And I think it's funny because yeah. we have two, we actually have opposing perspectives in that way because yeah. even when I do something that's like, like if I'm horny on main, like I don't oh. give a fuck. But yeah, like, go for it, dude. I don't give a fuck, but I do know that people like, people are so flippantly comfortable with telling me the way they perceive me to my fucking face and not in a way where it's constructive no so it's almost like oh wow everyone else can be edgy and make a meme but then if you like come to me and you're like oh i assumed you were a bitch because you always are scowling and i'm like you don't look like a bitch lonnie you look like a friend (laughs) they're wrong I mean, I'm aware. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. <laughs> but it's like these are things that I'm hypersensitive to. So yeah, I think it's very, it's very interesting to now have that context. Yeah. And I mean, you get to talk your shit here. Like that's the that's the glory of TNN. But Hell I feel yeah. like Kenny is bubbling over. He has a question for you. I want to answer this Kenny question. Okay. Hey, what's up, dude? Hey, friend. Um, so. There's something that I saw recently that is also ominous and scary, but I also feel like could be cathartic while experiencing it. You saw the movie Skin and Marink, right? Yes, and I loved it. Uh, Do you want to talk about why you loved it? Yes, Skin and Marink reminded me of like being little and like when... (laughs) God, I hope my parents don't fucking listen to this. When I was little, my mom was depressed. She had uh, postpartum depression and just also she had a rough, you know, life until like in certain ways. In certain ways, she had a very cush life. In certain ways, she had a very rough life. Um, And she was a, you know, woman in her 30s with like two kids, two or three kids and like she was fucking depressed and it was scary as a kid like seeing your mom cry and you don't know why and like like kind of not knowing where your parent is or not knowing what to expect um and skin and marink totally reminded me of just kind of like being in an environment where you don't know what's going to happen you're not in control of your surroundings you're little you're scared like the whole scene where the kid like goes upstairs and the parents are like in the bedroom like that reminded me of like you know shit i'd gone through as like a kid like i'm sure a lot of people i i saw on twitter a lot of people had that reaction Mm -hmm. damn a lot right. of people definitely did have that reaction, but I feel like a lot more of them were like, that was scary and I never want to see it again. Yeah. As opposed to when you, I think you tweeted something, you're like, I wish that went on for six hours. Oh, because it was, <laughs> it was also just great art and I love suspense. I love atmosphere. Um, as you can probably tell from my music, I use a lot of, I think White Crete said like a thousand pounds of reverb. Like, I love, I love we that love shit. That's kind of what yeah. that movie felt like. Was Shout a out, Ronnie. Shout out to Ronnie. You said it felt like what? A thousand pounds of reverb. Yeah, like, totally. Visually. It was like a black screen with a bunch of noise on it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, effects. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> I'm glad I got to ask you about that. For sure. When wondering. did you see it? Um, Last Monday. Last Monday. Oh, that's so sick. I know because Kenny invited me. To- I know Tom oh, yeah. wanted to see it tomorrow night, but I can't. Yeah. It's Daria's I was birthday. thinking about trying to rewatch it again, Daria's and I don't think I can do it. 
I don't think I can ever watch it again. Really? I have movies like that that I will never watch again, probably. Like, Mysterious Skin. We're not going to talk about that. Yeah, that movie's fucked up. Not watching it again. Yeah, I feel like that about when I watched The Human Centipede. Uh, I'm just, like, not even going to watch that for a first time. <laughs> so, I think the thing about that is, like, the experience, like, the body horror experience mm-hmm. was... Um, I sat through it, and I was... I think I was 18 and I watched it at nine in the morning and then I watched the second one like I watched them back to back yeah and I just like like I don't remember blinking type shit I was just like okay this is gnarly and then like it's funny because that made me feel sick to my stomach but it didn't make me feel scared but when I saw Get Out after I had went on a similar camping trip, Ooh. I literally sat in the theater for an hour after. Like they had to collect me and my friend and I could not sleep alone because I was not well, because I lived the experience yeah. of Get Out. Yeah. And I Thank still have nightmares. tangible, I still have tangible um, markings from it. So yeah. it was like, yeah. damn, that's crazy. So I kind of thought about that like, in preparation for the interview Mm. because i was like am i am i taking the title of this as a jump scare because i feel called out about things that i haven't talked about or do because i mean you know we're all public facing here like everybody in this room has a fucking persona like everybody in here is an entertainer like totally and it's like to be known to be authentic but to also have some parts of my life that are very hidden like it's like with me not talking about police brutality like Mm -hmm. listen i'm a family member of somebody who is gone in that way Mm -hmm. and it happened publicly like i'm talking it was on the news it might have been years ago but it's like i think about it like living in a glass bubble Mm. and listening and being able to hear like it's like being a zoo animal and being able to hear the people that are watching the zoo yeah like talk about the zoo wow but they don't understand your dialect so yeah like i don't know but when i watched the uh the menu i also had the same reaction because the chef i mean if my mom ever hears this she'll know that's (laughs) this is a loaded gun um (laughs) yeah the chef is actually like how my mom was with like cruel and unusual punishment like i couldn't stop should i watch that movie if you is it a lot yeah is there vomit in it no okay that's all i care about i don't want to watch vomit (laughs) no no he Oh God, yeah, yeah, and it's... I don't always do well with that. Yeah, that one. I had a little ugly mane shirt that little ugly mane actually gave us, and I like stayed at his house randomly when I was with um, this person Lucy I dated, um, and there was like an image of somebody like hanging on the back of this shirt, and I was like, my partner was wearing it, and I was like don't wear that and I was like I don't want to look at that like that's like you know something that affected me like I had lost a friend that way kind of recently and I was just like this isn't funny to me I think for me my title um I was able to like do this concept because I have had some distance 
Mm. But it's also like a thing where like this exists in media. This is real life. Like the reality of like, especially for who we are, we are queer people. We are trans people. Like we like, I don't know, like I don't, my, I'm kind of speaking like at like the community we're in, like maybe not me personally. Like I am a queer person, but period. So on and so forth. Like this is more pertinent to us. Speak up for the the demure queers, Tara. The demure queers, as a demure queer, no, but like the way people assume me and Tara are straight. That gag. No, like literally, have you seen the past few people I've dated? I'm not straight. I know. Um, I'm aware. <laughs> In the words of Daria, I know who you are. Oh my fucking god. <laughs> Hi, Daria. <laughs> Daria, I'm just kidding. Um, but yeah, like. I felt like, like, this is not something that you can avoid in art. It's, like, always going to be a concept in art. It has to be a concept in art. For me, it has to be because it's a presence in my life. And this is how I am engaging with it. And I understand if people need um, to not, you know, consume it or if people don't support it or they don't think it's a fair treatment or a reverent treatment of it but the music itself is and yeah like i said i mean everything that you said really was like it was relieving because i I was just like damn i didn't want to seem like well it's funny because i came into this like oh my god i don't want to seem like i'm being like a fucking critic or being like a mom i mean you you are allowed to see something like that and be like why are you making light of suicide like why is this what you chose to name your EP when there's other things you can name it like is this funny to you and like that is a valid question well when all of our friends were making the same joke I was literally just concerned but yeah it's also because I'm like damn we all haven't talked about this but we're all feeling it damn that's crazy somebody that way and like as queer people like we I'm pretty sure it's been considered. It's like a higher rate. Like, we are more prone to being killed in that way. And I say being killed because people don't commit suicide purely from a chemical imbalance. They do it because they can't find housing. Their family's not supporting them. They aren't getting the types of medical treatments they need. It is very much systemic. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. And like this, you know, like... We gotta fucking uh, be there for each other and shit, you know? You feel me? <laughs> Sorry. Damn, you really are from the Bay. <laughs> I'm from somewhere. I'm from Alameda. That's the Bay. I am an island boy. <laughs> I am a big Techno Terrane fan. Um, we have similar humor here, and it's that's also hella relieving to hear because it's like. I guess the thing about the party monster that like freaked me out was like mm. Michael Alec was an edgelord, but then he drove himself to the point of like homicidal tendencies. Oh. Just about like he was so competitive with like throwing the next big renegade, like That's and also crazy. and also just the crazy theatrics. Like I'll send you the actual YouTube because people were talking about like, oh yeah. I thought he was handing me a beer from a tap and he was literally handing me a cup of somebody's piss. Or like they would do like freak shows with like drag, like people in drag and like people would like sodomize themselves on stage and like 
Like, this was in the era of, like, late 80s, early 90s. So, you know, shit was getting kind of wild. But I think that sometimes the Bay Area, and this is my critique on the scene as a whole, tries to adapt an edginess that literally comes out of survival mode from other cities and other, like, other systemic, um, like, pitfalls and fucking injustice. Mm. When, like... We don't need to do that. We have our own fuck shit that's happening here that's already making shit hard. But we don't need to be, like, aesthetically hard-pressed. True. Like, it's okay to experience joy and be fucking gay, bro. And not in, like, an aesthetic way. we don't have to make it, like... I'm living, I'm laughing, and I'm fucking loving. Yes. But not in the ways you think, Kermy. Yes. (laughs) Like, exactly that... Do you have any fun? <laughs> exactly. Didn't I do it for you? That's the rest of the podcast is just all all singing. We're actually gonna get into our final few tracks of like uh, stuff that I'm, that your EP inspired in Kenny and I. But yay! I, I really want to thank you for talking about this because this is like Thanks. I feel like I rambled and didn't get out like. But that's how I always feel. So, Terrene, you are eloquent. You is smart. <laughs> you is kind. You is important. Thank you. <laughs> you guys, too. Every boy in the room is so good. I'm. If you can't see me through this brick of a desk between us, <laughs> we're locking arms. Hands. Yes. This is radio, so you can't see it. But <laughs> me and Lonnie held hands. Period. For the demure queers out there. And for the folks that are struggling. (laughs) We see you, baby. BFF.FM. Best frequencies forever. Bringing the underground to the foreground.